You're listening to The Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwall, United States Marine Corps, retired standing guard on the Wall of Freedom. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Gunny, and you're on the Patriot Cause. Ronald Reagan's words are on the spot that during that time frame and the history of America, we were not willing to give up our freedom and fight for that freedom in this country. We are never going to give that up then. But today is a whole different world that we live in. I still believe that the American patriots, the American citizens, on a vast majority, still believe in those words that we'll never give up our freedom. But the government today has no problem in giving up your freedoms and not following the Constitution that grants, along with God's natural law, your freedoms, which many Americans, including myself for 20 years in the Marine Corps, have protected for you. And this is also what he talks about. Here in this land, we unleash the energy and individual genius, listen to that word, genius, of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. And he's right. We went to the moon. We did so many things to enhance this country to make it better. Geniuses. And now the government is going to present to us people that have no ability to be in these high positions of the government. They are not geniuses. They have not been taught to think on their own. They have been taught to think by a regime and a narrative. And this administration is pushing that narrative into the government. There's many people that talk about and rightfully so. 
that the culture of our colleges at some point will be the culture of the government. And this is a great example that we're going to talk about on the podcast on how this culture that has been created through communism, Marxism, socialism, whatever word you want to call it, these people have been taught this for 40 to 50 years in this country. And now they are being promoted into what you would call a genius's seat in the government. And I'm going to explain it to you. Stand by. You're not going to want to miss this podcast. I do the research so you don't have to. The darkest days of America are here. Did you hear what I said? The darkest days of this country are here right now. No time ever in the history of this country are we in a situation of actually losing the country. Go back to 1775, 1776, all the way up to 1787 when they had and created the Constitution. They had to fight to create the country. Now we're fighting to keep it. And the government, the massive federal government, is the, now the enemy that we're fighting. The tyranny is in our government. And you're going to understand why it is there and why they do what they do. So the first thing we're going to talk about is this newly appointed Supreme Court judge. Now, before I carry on, I want to tell you this. I'm not against women. I'm not against anybody of any color. What I am against is when a person is appointed in a high office that has the ability to determine the lives of millions of people and they're not educated and or have the ability to be there. And this is what we're going to talk about. Katanji Brown Jackson was confirmed as the first black woman to sit on the Supreme Court. I don't care if she's black, brown, purple. It doesn't matter to me. What matters, can she sit on that court and do what is right in, listen to what I'm telling you, in the eyes of God, not in the eyes of the culture. She has been confirmed. And she's the first black woman in the 233-year history of the Supreme Court. Good honor. Clap. I'm okay with that. But does she have the qualification and the knowledge? 
So I'm going to go to an article from NewsSky.com. This news organization is actually in Australia, which is really neat to watch because the government and the mainstream media in America cannot squish them. They can't cover them to where their media can't go out because it goes around across the world. And this is what's so neat about the internet is we can get knowledge that is not being presented to us from our own country. Her name is Martha Kellner. Before joining Sky, Martha was chief sports writer at the Guardian and the athletics correspondents at the Daily Mail. So she was here in America reporting in America and she got a job to work for news.sky.com in Australia, which is awesome. She is also the first former public defender to sit on the court and one of only three current justices who attended public school. This is what Martha is talking about, this new Supreme Court justice. Although justices are supposed to remain impartial, that's a key phrase. What they're supposed to do is go up there, read the law of the land. Listen to what I said. The law of the land. Not her conscience. Not her feelings. But the law as it is written, as it has been approved by the people of the United States. Unfortunately, we got a lot of laws that should not be on the books. But that's a whole nother podcast. Past experience inevitably and rightfully inform their thinking and impact the decisions that they're making. So as a judge goes up through life, what they do is how they learn the law and respond to it and then end up, hopefully their goal is to end up in the Supreme Court, which is like the ultimate judge position. The fact she has grown up as a minority, doesn't matter, represented some of the most vulnerable people in the justice system, and the fact that her brother is a former police officer will impact her interpretation of certain cases and, in turn, will ask questions of her fellow justice. So because she grew up in, I don't know, some kind of minority place, it's going to impact her. I don't think that's really what's going to impact her. What is going to impact her will continue on that. On the court docket for the for this term are a clutch inevitable political charged and headlining grabbing issues, gun control, religion, and abortion rights. 
So how she thinks in her head and her heart and her feeling about those issues, she's bringing that to the Supreme Court. On abortion specifically, a challenge by the state of Mississippi to a law which legalized abortion in 73, the court decision will affect millions of women of all colors, and particularly women of color. On that, Justin Jackson will be an important voice on the bench. But see, there's more to the story. This person, by the way, happens to be the very first person. She is also the former public defender to sit on the court and only three current justices who attended public school. Public defender. Think about that word. So she was defending, rightfully so, I get it, people to preserve their rights and be able to support them against legal actions that come on them. That's all fine and dandy. One of only three current justices who attended public school. So a lot of these Supreme Court justices are what we would call higher class people that didn't go to public school. They went to paid charter schools, whatever it is. And she's only one of three of all the justices that are in there today of the nine that went to public school. And I applaud her for that because she made her way up into that. But does she have the knowledge that is necessary? Does she have the ability with many, many cases, not only as a prosecutor, but also as a defendant? Where she's defending people? No. She spent the majority of her time as a public defender and never on the other side as a prosecutor. So she's never seen both sides of the legal argument. Now, she may have listened to these prosecutors and learned from them, which she probably did, but she's never been in that role. And most of these Supreme Court justices have been in both of the roles. And they understand how it works on both ends. So we're going to take a break. But before we take a break, I'm going to tell you about a person that's in the government right now. He is a senator from South Carolina. His name is Lindsey Graham. And this is what he had to say before this judge was confirmed. And I have a video, an absolute video of him tearing this person up and why he feels he shouldn't vote 
to put her into the Supreme Court justice. Lindsey Graham, who had voted to confirm Jackson to the Supreme Court, accused her of making it easier for children to be exploited. Wait a minute. Uh, let me take a breath here. So he spent 25 minutes. I'm not going to play the whole video, but he spent 25 minutes explaining to the Senate why she should not be confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. But yet, but yet, he voted for her to get confirmed. The insanity of these politicians. The insanity of it. What this man does is he pleases people in five-minute increments. He is a rhino from day one, Republican in name only. Matter of fact, I don't even think that word fits him. Let me tell you one word that does fit him. And when you listen to the break and listen to the video, he is a liar. He is a liar. And a couple podcasts ago, I played him talking about Biden and how close to Biden he was. He don't care about America. He cares about how he can stay in the Senate and continue to lie. Take it to the bank. We'll be right back. Uh, this morning, uh, I'm going to announce my decision on Judge Jackson's nomination to the Supreme Court. I will oppose her and I will vote no. My decision is based on upon her record of judicial activism, flawed sentencing methodology regarding child pornography cases, and a belief Judge Jackson will not be deterred by the plain meaning of the law when it comes to liberal causes. I find Judge Jackson's to be a person of exceptionally good character, respected by our peers, and someone who has worked hard to achieve her current position. However, her record is overwhelming in its lack of a steady judicial philosophy and a tendency to achieve outcomes in spite of what the law requires or common sense would dictate. After a thorough review of Judge Jackson's record and information gained at the hearing from an evasive witness, I now know why Judge Jackson was the favorite of the radical left, and I will vote no. They want you locked in your home without God and alone. Don't want you looking up Dr. Sebi and Robert Malone. The truth blocked on your phones. They call the shots from their throne. These politicians and these doctors, they are not in control. Jimmy. Uncover the face that the Lord created so it can be seen. Tired of the fake trending all over the place. We just want to be free. There's no fear with faith. This praise into it. threats and trauma that came from this tyranny we won't bow down to the golden cow and do as it pleases we don't care what they say it's god over the government won't have it any other 
So here's how simple this is. See, you you've either got to select God or you have to select the government. And that's what that song's about. I'm not a rap person, but that's a great song. It's a Christian band talking about how people have determined their lives are focused and directed by the government instead of God. And for hundreds of years in this country, thank you, Lord Jesus, this country was focused on God over government for hundreds of years. And now we're facing the majority of these people. Listen to what I'm telling you. Even people that claim to be Christians are bowing down to the golden calf. Exactly what the song is saying. Lindsey Graham did that. He is bowing down to the golden calf and has left God any Supreme Court judge, any of them, that agrees that people that are, quote, gay can get married, that people can have abortions, and that people do not have the ability, according to God, to defend themselves, their family, and their life, have become individuals that bow down to the golden calf. I'm going to talk about a person, which I talked about on a later podcast, which is included in this one because it's part of it, Brenda Sue Fulton. She is a 1980 West Point graduate, part of the first class to admit women in 1980. So that was a first. She got into West Point. She was commissioned in the Army, served as a platoon leader and a company commander in Germany, and was honorably discharged at the rank of captain. She'd never seen a day of combat. She was a founding board member of the Knights Out, an organization of LGBT West Point graduates. So she created a foundation of these gay people and these queer people and whatever you want to call them, trans or whatever, that are in the military. And now they're in this organization. So now they're being peppered and pampered and comforted of their decision, which isn't God's decision, it's their decision, to put God over the government and become whatever you want to call them. In 2011, President Obama appointed her as the West Point Board of Visitors. And then a few years later, she actually became and got voted in as the chairman. Which is, it's a big organization at West, West Point. It's the, basically the face of West Point 
to the culture. She and Penny Neeson were the first same-sex couple to marry at the chapel of West Point, the Cadet Chapel. In the history of the country, and they live in New Jersey. And the point is, she's not qualified for the position. Again, we go back to the government. She's been nominated by this idiot of a president to become the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Manpower and Reserve Affairs, which means she reports directly to the Secretary of Defense and she will have the ability to direct and send out to all the reserve units in America. All of them. To change their culture. So that our military becomes snowflakes. Becomes weak individuals. And they're going to go to combat? Absolutely insane. It doesn't end. It never ends with this administration. Now, fortunately, the person I'm going to talk about did not get confirmed by the Senate, but it just gives you an idea of how these people are taking the culture of the world and inject it, injecting it like a needle into the patriotism and the God country of America and trying to destroy it. This is how you do it. You don't use arms or whatever. You inject the culture into this God-fearing, loving country, and eventually you're going to get enough people, which they're working on, to change the culture in America has left God. So this was in January 31st of 22 of this year. President Joe Biden's nominee to regulate the banking industry has previously expressed support for economic reparations for black Americans. So this person was going to be in charge of the banking industry, and she believes that black Americans should get reparations. Reparations, which means money, because their ancestors were slaves. We'll get to that later. She's a professor of international relations and economics at Michigan State, so she's very well educated. Has an extensive history of supporting race-specific financial compensation because the injury was race-specific. Cook was nominated January 14th. Everybody benefited from slavery. This is what she's saying. Everybody, including you, you benefited from slavery. I don't know how in the hell that happened. Again, We'll get to it. I wasn't even around. I wasn't even close to being around when they had slavery. Everybody. 
So I think that we absolutely need some sort of reckoning with that. Why are we reckoning with something that happened years and years ago financially? We can understand that it was a problem. It was an issue. But where in the world do they get the right to take money out of my pocket to give to somebody government funds that their great-grandfather four generations ago was a slave and now they're getting paid for it? Kind of sounds like uh, the Obama phone. William Darty Jr., an economics professor at Duke University, estimates that the reparations would cost the U.S. government roughly, are you sitting down? Sit down before you fall down. $12 trillion. Not billion, trillion. Thank God she was not confirmed by the Senate. So she is not in charge of the Treasury of the United States. Because instead of having $30 trillion in debt, overnight we would be up to 42. So let's talk about slavery for a second. Just a second. It's a bad time in the history. We understand that. But America was the greatest country on the planet and eliminated slavery across the globe. Now, there is pockets of slavery out there, India, all these other places. But I'm telling you, it no longer exists in America. Slavery does not exist. Get that through your head. Who was the very last person that was a slave, an actual slave in America? When did this person die? He was born October 26 of 1961, which is basically a year before the war actually got going. So he was a baby. Listen, one time he's a baby. And they're pointing him as being a slave. He was probably born in a slave captivity environment. I get that. But here's what's more important. He died September 22nd. 1972, he was born in Prince George County, Maryland. Oh, wait, wait. You're kidding me, right? No, he was born in Maryland, in the North. Yes, they had slaves in the North. And died from a pedestrian accident. I, I got run over or whatever. So she wanted to have reparations. And this is the Biden nomination for the treasurer, basically, of the United States. So they can pay Peter Mills's family, whoever the hell it is, reparations because Peter Mill was a slave when he was born in 61. And, of course, what happened in 1965? 64, 65. Slavery went away. The war was over. The slaves were emancipated. And he was four. Didn't have a freaking clue 
about what the hell was going on in the country. But he was a free man by the time he was four. That's the best way to look at it. He, he didn't know. So we're going to give money to his family today because he was four years old when he got freed as a slave. Unbelievable. Oh, it just gets better and better. Last but not least, this is the last one we're going to talk about, is a person called Saul Tarekovov Amarova. It's, it's Russian, very difficult to pronounce. She was born in 1966, is a Kazakh-American attorney, academic, and public advisor. She was nominated for comptroller of the currency before her nomination was withdrawn and her request on December 7th of 2021. So if you watch the news, which, by the way, at least the mainstream media showed it to us, she was going to be way up there in the Treasury. However, she is more than just a financial industry critic. This is what she wanted to do if she got into that position. She had proposed essentially ending the banking industry, as we know it, by letting the Federal Reserve take on the deposit accounts of all Americans. She was leading an effort to give the federal government complete control over all your money, including when you deposit it in the bank. So take that, add it to digital currency. Then you have a government that can control what you get paid, when you get paid, and they can take a bite out of your paycheck before you even see it for what? For all this crap that they want to do, this $30 trillion of funding. So I'm not knocking any female or male that wants to go into government and do good. What I'm talking about is these people are evil. They're evil in their heart. They do not have God. They do not have your best interests. There are politicians. There are people that are trying to move up the ladder and have moved up the ladder, however that happened, and get in major positions in the government and control your everyday life, whether it's from finances Laws and the justice system, whatever it is. Go back to Ronald Reagan talking about here in this land, we unleash the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. These people are not geniuses. These people are not going to to progress this country to the better. They're going to destroy it, and they are destroying it. 
So think about it. Think about your life. Think about your money. Think about what's happening. Think about the gas. Think about the possibility of food prices going out of control. And then you wonder, or you wonder why? Thank you very much for listening to podcasts. I appreciate you sharing it far and wide. I do the research so you don't have to. This is the Gunny out.